Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. share the word of God, I want to take the opportunity to say a big, big thank you really from my heart to the entire church for such great honor that you bestowed upon me last Sunday. You know, I can't cease thinking about it. I cannot help how people can be so loving. And um, those of you who were able to make it, those of you who, from your heart, contributed to this, and you worked so hard to let this thing come to pass. I pray the Lord's blessings upon you. And I pray that God will also raise people to honor you in a larger magnitude. Hallelujah. It was such a shock that um, after church, after several hours, people were still waiting, tearing. I don't know where they were all hiding. For some reason, there were some unusual people still around who would normally not be around that time. But I did not know that um, almost the whole church was waiting to celebrate with me uh, um, my ordination. And I was so blessed, and I feel blessed. And I want to say it again, that um, if I wasn't the pastor of this church, I would be jealous of the pastor of this church. And jealousy is not a sin, do you understand? It's okay. 
is a holy jealousy. Amen. But you don't let it go on forever. You'll be jealous small. And then you, you stop. Amen. And then you begin to love the pastor who is the pastor of this church. I'll be jealous of you for three Sundays. That's it. And then um, I will begin to love you. But I love you people. And um, may the Lord continue to hold your heart the way they are. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. It is a blessing to have people who are happy to honor someone. You know, not everyone is happy when a person is being honored. Do you understand? There are some people, and you'll find it in every ministry or in every organization. And Jesus also found it in his ministry that when there was a time to honor him, someone was not happy. Do you understand? Someone was not happy. And there are people that always feel, this is too much. Why should we do this? This is too much. Why should we waste such oil to pour on someone's head or someone's feet? If we sell this, we can feed the poor. We will have a lot of money to feed the poor. Do you see? And people talk like that. People, but you see, you will think that that is a genuine heart. This is what they feel should be done. But the scripture will always reveal what is really in your heart. Amen. 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 God will always reveal what is really in your heart. The Bible says that this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but that he was a thief. Do you understand? That is, so when you hear someone talking like that, not that they care, not that, it's, you see, it sounds like someone who cares. But the scripture reveals that when someone rises to oppose honoring, it is because he's a thief. Amen. So I want to encourage you, whenever there's an opportunity to honor someone, if it is honoring someone, never speak against it. Hallelujah. I say, if it is honoring someone, never do what? The Bible says, he that watered shall be watered also himself. Yes. Amen. Amen. If you don't want someone to be honored, you will also not be honored. True. Hallelujah. Amen. But I pray that God will honor you Amen. as a church. May the Lord honor you. Amen. May the Lord raise up army of people Amen. with a heart ready to honor you. In the name of Jesus. At your workplaces, may you be selected and honor you. Parties will be thrown in your honor. I say conferences will be held in your honor. People will gather in your honor. People will stand up when you walk in. In honor. Because you also seek to honor someone. God bless you. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, for a short time, still, we want to continue sharing. Amen. So, we have been sharing from the book, The Art of Ministry. This is the last Sunday of, still, we want to continue sharing. Amen. So, we have been sharing from the book, The Art of Ministry. This is the last Sunday 
of our feeding 527. This is the last Sunday, and uh, unless other instructions are given, we will see what the Lord will do. But um, I do have my copy. Do you have your copy? I want to see your copy. Please, where is Kwame? Because I want to see who does not have his or her copy. I have my copy. You have your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Open your copy. I have my copy. You have your copy. I open my copy. You have your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. I open my copy. Say my. I have my copy. You have your copy. I have my copy. You have your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. You open your copy. One more time. I have my copy. You have your copy. I have my copy. Hey. You have your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. I open my copy. You open your copy. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. You open your copy. Hallelujah. Wonderful. I want you all to lift up your copies. We want to take a photograph. With your copy, you have your copy on your iPad, open it up, lift it up. Some people don't have copies. Do you see? You have received your Macarius. You still don't have your copy. It's the last Sunday you still don't have your copy. It means you don't cherish this wonderful thing. Lift up your copy. Everyone, lift up your copy. Lift up your copy. Powerful. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So now open your copy to chapter number four. Number four. Open your copy to number four. But before we, we um, begin sharing, I think we should read our scripture of the week first. I sent out the scripture of the week. It's 1 Corinthians chapter four and verse number seven. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. This is a very, a very great scripture that makes you humble when you prosper. It's a wonderful scripture. Hallelujah. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. 1, 2, 3, go. 1 Corinthians 4 and 7. Who, for who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? First Corinthians 4, 7. Isn't that a powerful scripture? 
He says, what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did receive it, why does thou glory as if you did not receive it? Why do you boast? That verse says, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? What do you have that you did not receive? Isn't that a powerful scripture? So if you see someone wearing something or driving a nice car and the person is, you know, roof off and showing off, you say you receive this. This, you receive it. You did not build it. How many people build their own cars to drive it? Amen. So anything that we have, we receive it. Let's just read it one more time. One, two, three, go. Corinthians 4, 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what dost thou that thou did not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou didst not receive it? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Hallelujah. One more time. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For what, who maketh thee to differ from another? And what dost thou that thou didst not receive it? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou had not received it? 1 Corinthians 4 7. Wonderful. It's a powerful scripture. It's a little long. Can you, can you try it one more time and then we try it off? Hallelujah. One more time. Look at it and try it. It's a very simple scripture. One, two, three, go. First Corinthians 4, 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive it? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Wonderful. Let us try it off our, you know, just try. Just try. If you are not able to make it, you will not be penalized. Amen. Amen. Let's try it. One, two, three, go. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? And if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? First Corinthians 4, 7. Put your hands together for the Lord. What a church. Tell your neighbor, I said yours for you. So I don't know who said who's for his. Say, I said yours for you. Say, it's because of you that I said it louder to overcome yours. Amen. Wonderful. Memorize it. It's a wonderful scripture. It is just, it's a very powerful scripture. It is just, it's a very powerful scripture. It's just King James that makes it sound a little challenging. But it's a very simple scripture. It says, who made you different from another person? Who made you to differ from another person? You see, sometimes, you know, like, 
when my daughter was growing up, she would come and say, Daddy, I am growing taller than you. It is just, it's a very powerful scripture. It's just King James that makes it sound a little challenging. But it's a very simple scripture. It says, who made you different from another person? Who made you to differ from another person? You see, sometimes, you know, like, when my daughter was growing up, she would come and say, Daddy, I am growing taller than you. It is just, it's a very powerful scripture. It's just King James that makes it sound a little challenging. But it's a very simple scripture. It says, who made you different from another person? Who made you to differ from another person? You see, sometimes, you know, like, when my daughter was growing up, she would come and say, Daddy, I am growing taller than you. I said to her, I said, that is not an achievement. You did not do anything to achieve it. So it's nothing for you to boast of. Isn't that true? Yeah. There are certain things, you have blue eyes, and you are boasting about your blue eyes. Do you have blue eyes? Don't boast about, do you have blue eyes? Don't boast about your blue eyes. Someone says he has blue eyes. Don't boast about your blue eyes. Amen. Because it was given, they were given to you. So he says, who made you to differ from another? It is God who made this one different from that one, different from this one, different. And God had a plan for all of these differences and variations. Amen. Have you not realized that uh, there are certain things that people boast of depending on where you are. Do you understand? There was a time that in a certain place, people used to go to certain people or certain specialists to crack spaces in their teeth, to make holes in their teeth for building. Do you know that? And when people had that, they used to smile a lot. And then they brought it to a certain place. And they said, close it, put it together. They will put wires to put them together for you. It's not beautiful here. Close it. Put it together. So those of you who didn't have it, and sometimes people laugh at you, why are your teeth so all together like that? Now you come to another place that now you can smile. And someone who was once with this gap and boasting, now you need a wire. <laughs> it's amazing. There are places where when people dress up and they were going out, they used to put strings in their necks. Strings in their neck to give certain division. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. People are born with it naturally. You see, like, Sheila is born with it naturally. So, you see, she's a kind that will walk around with her neck like this, you know working around and sticking their neck up. But some people had to tie their necks with strings to create that. And then you come to another place and no one pays attention to that. Do you understand? So why do you boast? He says, who made you different from another? Who made thee differ from another? And he says, what, that, what, what do you have? What has thou? What do you have that you did not receive? What has thou that thou didst not receive? And if you received it, if you did receive it, 
Why do you glory or why do you boast as if you did not receive it? The way you are behaving, it looks like you didn't receive it. That is what it means. It's a wonderful scripture. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So we want to continue with our feeding 527, chapter 4. And I think we are almost done with this chapter. By the grace of God, we will finish this chapter. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed from sharing in, from this book? I have been blessed mightily. Amen. And um, I, I want to encourage you. You see, we are not only reading in church. As you realize, we can read the entire book in church. Sometimes when we meet, we can't even finish one chapter. Do you see? Just as the Spirit leads. So I want to encourage you to read it on your own and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So chapter 4, 10 types of workers. 10 types of workers. We said there are different kinds of workers. Workers in the church or workers at workplaces. In your secular life, you are a worker. And there are different kinds of workers. Amen. Amen. Now we are saying that if you are a kind of worker that pleases God, if you are a kind of worker that God is happy with, then men will be happy with you also as a worker. Hallelujah. You know, there are certain people that you can see the way they work, that God is happy with them. And then when you look at how they work, you see that a lot of people are happy with them. Do you understand? So if you take what we are teaching here seriously and you apply them into your life, they will also help you in your secular life. Amen. Amen. So we went through some few types of workers. One, we said workers who are sons and daughters. We went through that. Workers who are sons and daughters. They don't work as working for someone. They work as a family member. Hallelujah. Their relationship to their boss is like a father. When you have a worker like that, their relationship to the pastor is like a father. They are not ready to go anywhere. And so they work from their heart. Hallelujah. They are not the type of workers who are there just for what they can get. Then we talk about two. Workers who have the same spirit as the leader. Workers who have the same spirit as the leader. We shared a lot on this. And we talk about workers who work for you because they owe their whole life to you. Workers who work for you because they owe their whole life to you. We saw how Paul was entreating Philemon to do certain things to him because he felt, he says, your very life, you owe it to me. Hallelujah. You owe your very life to me. And we have workers who, um, workers who are prone to abandoning you. Workers who are prone to abandoning you. That means people that you are working with, but they have a high tendency to abandon you. They have a high tendency to leave you. In the middle of the bus, in the middle of the road, they are ready to leave you. Amen. Don't be a worker who is prone to abandoning the pastor or abandoning the leader or abandoning your boss. That is abandonment. Do you understand? There was a time in this church where we had some workers who abandoned us. 
They just abandoned us. As we were preparing to come to church one Sunday, someone called me and said, Oh, Reverend, you remember I told you that I am going to relocate to another state? That I was going to relocate to another state because of work issues and so on and so forth. And I was looking into, even if you go there, we can start some type of ministry work there. And I know that it was in the cooking or it's in the making that you are going to go someday. But that Sunday, as we were preparing to come to church, as I was preparing to come to church, I received not a phone call, but a text message that I am not coming to church anymore. I am gone. Now, this is someone that I have made a leader. I have made you a leader. Do you understand? You see, so you making a decision like that, abandoning the house of God, and not only did you not abandon the house of God, you also lied to the pastor that you are moving out of state. You are moving out of state. You see, and I'm talking about workers who abandon you. And you see, people like this, you still find people following them. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Now, if you, even if you want to go and do something else, and that is the reason why you are leaving, do you think that thing is going to prosper? You see, I'm not cursing anyone, but I'm just reasoning. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And then when we came to church, not knowing that there's been a coup d'etat. A coup d'etat. Involving a whole group of people. That they just abandoned the church. Amen. But I have realized something. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, I don't think any one of you sitting here have powers and control more than the gates of hell. Now, if the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of God, then don't stand in the way. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Don't, I'm not scaring you. I'm teaching you something. Amen. Amen. So that when you are living, you live properly. Don't be a worker who abandons the leader. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Now I, I want to share on the next point, which is workers who refresh you. Workers who refresh you. I like that. Workers who refresh you. Second Timothy chapter 1 and let's read from verse 15. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Can we read from the New Living Translation, please? Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. It says, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me. You see, it's not the first time that people abandon their pastors or abandon their church. He says, as you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me 
even phygelous and homogeneous. May there never be a phygelous and homogeneous in this church. We kill the spirit of phygelous and homogeneous. Phygelous is killed. Hallelujah. Next, he says, May the Lord show special kindness to Onesephorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. Every pastor wants a church member like that. There are some people when they come to camp, they are searching everywhere to find a pastor. When they go for some meeting, they are searching everywhere to find a pastor. You see, they are standing outside to see if the pastor will come and they will help them. You see, they will help the pastor even pack his car. You see, such people refresh you. Such people refresh you. Sometimes you are going for a meeting and you are stuck in a traffic and then you come and then you see someone at the parking lot waiting because the whole place is filled. Someone is there waiting to take your car to just pack it for you so that you can go and have the service. Such people, when you have people like this, they are refreshing. You see, as you are with that anxiety coming and you meet a person like that, you feel refreshed. Amen. He says, when he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. Hallelujah. You know very well how helpful he was in Ephesus. There are some people, they're very helpful. Very helpful. They make the ministry work easy. Look, ministry work is very difficult. But there are some people, they take certain tasks upon themselves and make the work easy for the pastor. And Paul says, may the Lord show his kindness. May the Lord show him special kindness. May the Lord show you special kindness as you seek to refresh the leader of the church. As you seek to refresh your pastor, may the Lord show you special kindness. Amen. Hallelujah. There are certain people who are always concerned about the pastor's comfort. Amen. He says the most refreshing people are those who are not ashamed of you. They love everything about you, including the unattractive parts. It is only the deepest kind of love that embraces everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen. See, such people are not serving you for money. They don't have any other motive for serving you. It is just the love that they have. Hallelujah. He said they are there because of a very personal love for the leader. There are some people, they have a special personal love for the leader. They will do anything for the leader. Amen. To have such people is very refreshing. Hallelujah. May you be such a person. I said, may you be such a person. He says, I always sense when people have a personal love for me. I also sense when people have personal love for me. I always sense it. Don't you sense it when someone has personal love for you? Amen. 
I also sense when I know I am not perfect, but they still love me. Hallelujah. May you have the spirit of Onesiphorus. I say, may you have the spirit of Onesiphorus. He says that the Lord gives mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me. He often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. He often refreshed me. Hallelujah. May you bring refreshing to the man of God that God has given you. May you bring refreshing to the man of God that God has given you. Amen. May you, when you show up, may it bring refreshing to the man of God. You know, there are certain people in this church that bring refreshing to me. Amen. You know, when, when we were having praise and worship and the, the church, they were dancing here, and I saw Sister Cynthia, tears came in my eyes. I was filled with tears. You know, I have not felt so sad, so sad, deeply sad, when a church member is relocating, moving to another place. You know, I felt, I, I, I felt so sad. At the same time, I'm happy for the great, you see, the moving is great. But, you see, such a person refreshes you. You know, this is a person, since she joined the church, her heart, she put all of her heart into the church. You can see it. How many of you can testify with what I'm saying? Yes. The young and the old. Amen. You see, so when, when, when I saw her, my, my, I, I just was pretending and dancing not to even look at her face. There are certain people that refresh you. There are certain people when you see them, they just refresh you. Amen. There are certain people when you are coming to church and you know they are there, you feel agitated. May that never be you. Amen. Amen. May you never be that person. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 15. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 15. He says, you know that Stephanus and his household were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece. And they are spending their lives in service to God's people. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them who serve with such devotion, who serve with such devotion, church members who serve with such devotion. He says, I am very glad that Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Archaicus have come here. They have been providing to help you, weren't here to give me. He said, they have been providing the help you weren't here to give me. They have been a wonderful encouragement. Encouragement is refreshing. Amen. 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 They have been a wonderful encouragement. Some of you, they, you are a wonderful encouragement. Amen. Amen. You are a wonderful encouragement. Hallelujah. There are certain people, certain people like Auntie B, it's a wonderful encouragement. When I come to church and I see Auntie B, I see Auntie Nancy, Uncle, Na Uncle Caesar, and I, I, they are wonderful encouragement. Amen. Amen. Our daddy is a wonderful encouragement. And she's always, he's always giving messages, even when he has gone to Ghana, giving messages to give me, to tell me, and to encourage me. It's a wonderful encouragement. Such people, they refresh you. They refresh you. 
Amen. Amen. As long as he's in this country, you will never see him missing a service. Weekday service, you see him here. Prayer meetings, you see him here. Very encouraging. Very refreshing. He says, they have been a wonderful encouragement to me. May you be a wonderful encouragement. May it be said of you, you are a wonderful encouragement to your pastor. He says, you must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. You see, we must show our appreciation to all who serve so well. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23. We can read that from the King James Version. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23. It says, and it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was what? Refreshed. Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Look, people who bring refreshment to the church, you drive evil spirits away. I say, people who bring refreshment, you drive evil spirits away. Oh, yes. Evil spirits, they dwell on our differences. Hallelujah. And oftentimes, people who bring refreshment, people who refresh you, they are very humble people. They are very humble people. And you see, evil spirits, they cannot dwell on a mantle of humility. It walls them off. It drives them away. Hallelujah. May it be said of you that you are a source of refreshment. Hallelujah. The next type of workers are workers who are servants of the church. Workers who are servants of the church. Workers who are servants of the church. He says, I commend you, Phoebe, our sister, Romans chapter 16 and verse 1. I commend you, I commend unto you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sancria. Which is a servant of the church, which is at Sancria. Hallelujah. There are people who bestow much service on the church in general. They bestow much service on the church. They are a blessing to many people. The impact of the servants of the church is seen best when they die. When someone dies, that is when we see the impact of such a person. When you are a servant of the church, your absence is felt. When you leave the place, we feel your absence. When you are missing, you are, you, you, your, your absence is felt. Your absence has a strong impact on the church. May you be such a servant. A servant of the church. A servant of the church. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am amongst you as one that ministers or as one that serves. Amen. That means it's a great thing to desire to be a servant. It's a great thing to desire to be a servant. He says, some have made themselves unto errand boys and girls in the church. And we see them. We see all of you. All of you who have made yourselves errand boys and girls in the church. And you are running errands for the church. Weekdays, you are running errands for the church. 
We are aware of all of that. Amen. They have served and helped in almost every imaginable capacity. I know that God will bless them on the day of judgment. Although most church members' death go unnoticed, the whole church feels the loss of the Phoebe's of the ministry. Phoebe, without using the pulpit, touched the lives of many people. Hallelujah. There are some people, they don't stand behind the pulpit, but they touch the lives of many church members. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 9 and verse 36. Acts chapter 9 and verse 36. It says, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. Look at that. She was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. Now the Bible says, and it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Whom, when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lida was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there. Peter was near, Peter was near this town where Tabitha died. And when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. He would not delay to come to them. Come quickly. They pleaded with Peter. They said, come quickly. Don't delay. You see, there are certain church members, when they need you, you can't delay. You have to go. They work so hard, they, they lay down their lives for the church as if they have no other life. They are doing everything in their capacity for the church. And when such a person is affected, you feel that the whole church is affected. You feel that the pastor is affected. Amen. Amen. So he says, then Peter arose and went with them. When Peter heard it, he just got up and he went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him, weeping. All the widows in the church, they stood by him, weeping. All the widows in the church, they stood by him, weeping. This loss is going to affect us. This loss is going to affect our children. He says, all the widows, the women who did not have children, they stood by him, weeping. And showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. While she was with them. They were showing the coats, the clothes that this woman made for the children who are widow's children. That this woman was making for orphans. They were showing the clothes. Let me tell you something. You see, she was dead and Morgan Stanley did not come to stand to show the accounting work that she was doing at the job. They didn't come to show the, 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 the savings, how much he saved the company. 
They didn't come to show the, 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 the bonds that she acquired. They didn't come to show anything, but what they stood to show was the works that she did while she was in the church. It is that which will speak for you. I said the works that you do in the church, they are the works that will speak for you. The sacrifices that you, let me tell you, you see, listen to me, brothers and sisters. If you are in a church and you don't do anything, endeavor that you by all means will do something. I say, endeavor that you by all means do something. Do anything, anything. I don't care what it is. As long as you are doing it for God, just do it. He says they were standing and weeping and showing the clothes and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. And Peter saw it. Peter saw how she has touched the lives of these widows. Peter saw how if it wasn't for this woman, the children of these widows would have been naked. Peter saw how she has sacrificed. Peter saw how she had labored in the church. And the next scripture says, then Peter, he says, but Peter put them all forth and kneeled down. The works that you do in the house of God, it will cause the man of God to kneel down to pray for you. The sacrifices that you make in the house of God, it causes the man of God to kneel down. And he said, this cannot happen to this person. This cannot go on with this person. Lord, look from heaven and look. This cannot go on with this person. He says he touched Peter when he looked. And he kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. You cannot die. The church needs you. Tabitha, arise. Tabitha, arise. You cannot die. Lord, you can take this one at this time. He said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. May every death situation, because of the sacrifice that you make for the church of God, may every death situation come to life. Amen. For your sacrifices. Amen. Amen. For your sacrifices. Say, Peter, sat up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Your works will bring dead situations alive. Amen. 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 Every dead situation is coming to life as you labor Amen. in the house of God. Amen. Amen. I tell you, and I, as a pastor, I see the mighty hand of God in a lot of lives as they sacrifice day in, day out. The testimonies, they are coming. You will hear them. I say the testimonies, they are coming. You will hear them. You know, sometimes, you see, sometimes I look at some of these students as, you know, they come here Tuesdays, you know, they come here sacrificing, they need, and they have exams and they are in church. They have exams and they are in church. I remember one time we were having um, a convention or we were having some, some occasion like that, and Brother Wilson, he says, Reverend, 
I have one of the most difficult exams coming up. And he was in church, laboring, laboring. And when we finished, he says, Reverend, just pray for me. And I prayed for him. And then he came back with a testimony. He says, Reverend, you can't believe how I did on this exam. Recently, Brother Ahmed was sharing with me. He says, one of their fiercest exams in school to get them into a program that they were all scared about. He's laboring in the church. So after, sometimes after we have finished service, he's with me. We are visiting people. We are traveling far, going to places. And then he told me about this exam. And then last Tuesday, he told me, he says, Reverend, believe it or not, the whole class, I am the only one who passed that class. Let me tell you, do not take the work of God for granted. He said the entire class, and they're wondering who it is. That grace of God has found her. That's found him. He said the whole class. I cannot share a lot with you. There are some of them sitting here. They finish. They say they are going to take their nursing um, exams. They are afraid. They are afraid. And I still see them here. I said, you're supposed to study, but I see them here. And they come, they say, Reverend, I passed. This one says, I passed. This one says, I passed. I tell you, the labor of the Lord is never in vain. Your labor. Your labor. Your labor. If it is in the Lord, it's never in vain. Amen. I'm telling you something. Great job. Great job. The next one. Couples who are in full-time ministry together. Wow. Couples who are in full-time ministry together. Romans 16, verse 3. It says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. Greet them. Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife. It says, It is a special privilege for a man of God to have both Husbands and wife working together to help him. What a blessing it is for a whole family to work together in full-time ministry. It is a blessing when a whole family is working together in a full-time ministry. It is a blessing. Amen. Amen. It is a blessing whenever you, you are working and your wife is also working. Amen. You see, those of you who's your, your spouses are working and you are also not working and you are always waiting for them to finish their work. You see that you are always angry. Yeah, yeah. You are always angry. And you say, let's go home. Let's go home. Why are you still here? Let's go. You are always angry that she's spending or she is spending extra time in the church. Amen. Say, couples in ministry have a more synchronized lifestyle that may enhance their relationship. It will enhance your relationship. If you are working in the ministry, encourage your husband to also work in the ministry. Encourage your wife to also work in the ministry. If you are doing something for God, encourage your wife to also do something for God. Not to sit idly. Amen. Otherwise, it brings a lot of commotion. He says, spouse, a spouse who does not work in the ministry often despise the one in full-time ministry. They think their spouses are wasting their time by working for a church. They do not respect the ministry, and therefore, they do not respect people who work full-time in it. If your spouse is not working in the ministry, 
it brings a lot of commotion. It bring, they don't respect the ministry work. You see, the ministry work is such that until you put your hand in it and taste of it, you will not have such respect for it. You will not have such value for it. Amen. I heard of um, a man of God who went on visitation. His wife was not doing anything in the church. As soon as church is over, she drives home. And the man of God will be in church. So the man of God went on visitation and he thought he was just going to visit and then come. But when he went, there was an issue. So he had to stay there counseling, counseling, counseling until very late night. And then when he went home, he put his key in the lock and opened the door. And then when he opened the door, there was a chain, some chain that you can't get in. So he closed it again and knocked the door. And then when he knocked, somebody came. And then the person said, wherever you are coming from, go back and sleep there. You see, no respect for the ministry. He says, where, she says, wherever you are coming from, go back and sleep there. You are not coming back to this house. You see, these problems arise when you are both not working in the ministry. When you are not working in the ministry, as a wife, you are doing so much in the ministry and your husband is not working in the ministry. You see, she is tasking you unnecessarily. I want to eat this. You, you, you realize it's 8 p.m., but she, he wants to eat certain type of soup. It's 8 p.m. You are the one that says you are in church. I am hungry and I'm waiting for you. I've come home, make my food now. You are serving the pastor, you are serving this. You are, you are come home, make my food now. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, so when, when the husband and wife are not working together in the ministry, it is very difficult. It is very difficult. You see that he's asking you to do certain things. On Sunday, as you are getting ready, you are preparing a chorister, and you are singing, and you are preparing, doing your hair, doing your makeup. You are excited to come to church, and then you are coming. As you are going, you are taking your bag. Hey. Where, where are you going? What kind of woman are you? What can, what, how can, you say you are going to church. You are, you are going to church. You are going to church. Your husband has not even eaten. Either. So what kind of God are you? you are, look at somebody. Look at somebody. Your husband has not eaten and you say you are going to church. Foolish man. So now the woman has to, you say, what, okay, what do you want? I can make some um, tea and I'll toast bread for you. <laughs> tea, tea. Because, because of your church, I should drink tea. Now you have turned me into tea drinker. I should drink tea. And then he will tell you the kind of food that he wants. He said, okay, okay, what do you want? Uh, I, I want fish. I want fish. <laughs> Amen. It is tasking. You see, whenever you are serving God, encourage your spouse to come along also. Encourage your spouse to come along also. Amen. I remember when we were, when we were in Manhattan and we were in the ministry in the early days, you see that 
we are busy and the wives are chatting. And they can only chat for so long. After a while, they, they tire. You see, some of them are dozing up, they're sleeping, they are doing this, they get up, they're doing it. But when they began to get involved with the ministry, they realized that we don't even have enough time. As we are coming, he says, hey, we have to go and visit this one. You know, we have not visited this one. We have not. Isn't that the conversation you were having with me? Yeah. You see, but you see, if your wife is not in the ministry, today, as soon as we finish church, we are going home. <laughs> because I have some matters to discuss with you. I have some matters to discuss with you. Me too, you have to have some time for me. You have to have some time for me. I need a me time. I need a husband and wife time for me also. Amen. Tonight we are having dinner as a family. Tonight, as for tonight, we should sit at our dining table and have dinner together. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That is why you also, you should honor and you should admire a wife who is willing to sacrifice. Amen. Because if it was you, you want to have dinner with your husband. True or not true? True or not true? May the Lord change you. Say true. Amen. Hallelujah. It says, these people also do not understand what could make someone busy in the church. They don't understand. You know, there's so many people, they don't understand how any person can be so busy in the church. Because the secular spouse despises full-time ministry, he often sends the full-time spouse on domestic errands. Go to Chinatown and get me this. Go here and get me that. I need this from African market. I need this from this place. I need this from that place. Running you around that you can do the work of God. The next one, it says, hard-working workers. Hard-working workers. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. There are always the workhorses of ministry. Hallelujah. It says, ministry involves a lot of hard work. And there are always people who take on the burden of the hard work. They bestow much labor and exert much effort to accomplish ministry tasks. Amen. Amen. Says God sees all the hard work that everyone puts into the ministry. And he will reward it. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Unmovable, always abounding in the work of the law. For as much as ye know, and if you don't know, I want you to know that your labor in the Lord is never, ever in vain. God will always reward you. I say, God will always reward you. The next one, he says, workers who are women and cannot stop quarreling. When workers who are women and cannot stop quarreling. Hallelujah. He says, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 2. Let's read Philippians chapter 4 and verse 2. And the NIV or King James is fine. He says, I beseech, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 2. He says, I beseech Iodias and beseech Sintiche. I beseech Iodias and beseech Sintiche. That they be of the same mind in the Lord. 
They be of the same mind in the Lord. I beseech Iodia, I beseech Sintiche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And he says, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. He says the church should help them. He says, yoke fellow, Paul doesn't tell us who is yoke fellow. The yoke fellow could be anyone. It could be Luke, it could be Fortunatus, it could be Strophonus, it could be anyone. But it could be, it's, it means a church member. You, when you find these two women, he says, when you identify the Sintiche and the Iodias, he says, help these women which labor with me. Help them to have one mind. And Paul, you see how he addresses, he says, I beseech Iodia and I beseech Sintiche. I beseech Iodia and I beseech Sintiche. You know, it was not until I came into the ministry that I learned a lot about women. Please, please. You know, I, I was so, so naive about women. I did not know how complex they are. You know, until I came into the ministry, I thought women were, you know, I used to, I used to cry when I see a woman crying. I didn't know that not all the cry is something that you do. I am serious. You know, look, I am telling you something really. You know, I was very naive about women. I didn't know they were very complex. I didn't know, I'm telling you something. I didn't know that when a woman looks at something, it is saying a lot of things. I didn't know. I didn't know, for instance, that when the, when the woman turns her head, it means something else. I had no idea. I'm telling you. I didn't know that when the woman looks at your shoes and looks, I thought I'm, I, he's admiring your shoes and your haircut, but she's telling you something. What a shock. So you see, they are very complex beings. And it is not by chance that they were made that complex. Do you understand? It is not by chance that if I were to go to a wedding with my wife and we were to come home and someone were to ask me, how was the wedding? And I would say, it was a very nice, beautiful wedding. It was a very nice, my wife can see it in a different way. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? She can see in a different way. She can see that the lace was superb. She can see that the hair was Superb. The makeup, the one who did the makeup is professional. You know, she can see that the decoration, a match, everything was perfect. She can see the timing. As, uh, all I see that the people were late. I know. But she can see that the music was timed appropriately. They came in with the music at the right time. And so you see, maybe she's sitting there and she's clapping. I don't know what is happening. 
You see, it means that the music has coincided. Women are very complex people, and God made them that complex. And God saw that there was a deficit in a man. And he said that it's not good that a man be by himself alone. But I will make not another man, but I will make a woman. I will make another creature who will be a help meet for this man. Help meet, help appropriate for this man. Now, it is our duty to help this woman to become that help meet for us. Because, you see, any great thing that God creates, the enemy will also attack it. Some of the wonderful people you'll find in their ministry are women. I say some of the wonderful people you'll find in the ministry, they are women. Some of the people who, who have stood faithfully in the ministry, they are women. If I begin to count in this church right now how many men we have here and how many women, you realize that there are more women than men. Amen. And the enemy knows it. And the enemy capitalizes on it. And he brings the differences amongst women. You see, these women were laboring with Paul. They were very hardworking people. But women, we entreat you. I beseech you. Those who have quarrels. If you are a woman that is not talking to another woman in this church right now, we are going to come before the Lord's table. Amen. I say we are coming before the Lord's table. Hallelujah. Set down your differences. Because there is so much that God can use you to do. Jesus' ministry would not have thrived if it wasn't for the women. They ministered to Jesus. Amen. I said, women are wonderful people that God has given us. There's so much I want to share with you about women, but time will not allow us this evening. But put your hands together for all the women in the church. We have killed the Sintiche and the Yodia syndrome. That is in our church. Amen. 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 In this church, the women get along. Yes. I say, in this church, the women get along. Yes. Oh? Yes. yes. And the last one is full-time apostles. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Is it a great book? Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. You want to come before the Lord's table. want to come before the Lord's table. I want you to have a prepared heart, have a preparation, speak to the Lord for cleansing, for purification, to make you worthy to come before his table. Speak to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. By the taking in of communion, diseases in your body will be melted. Tumors will be melted. Diagnosis will change. Believe in the power of communion. Believe in the power of communion. It will transform your life. It will change your life. 
by the taking in of communion. Oh, speak to the Lord, somebody. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord as the Lord that as you partake in this feast. He said he has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Would you be able to enjoy? Yes. I don't know what is on your mind. I don't know what diagnosis doctors have given you. But you are not going to leave this place without diagnosis. You are not going back without disease as you partake in this communion. All that is required of you is have faith in the power of communion. In the power of communion. Someone had jaundice, liver failure, end stage liver disease. And they have given him days to die. As far as I know, as far as I understand, liver failure. When your liver is failed, there is no cure except that you receive a new liver. Except that you receive a transplant liver. When you have an end stage liver disease, there is no cure. But by the taking in of communion, this person's liver was restored. By the taking in of communion, the liver was restored. A brand new liver was given him. There was a spiritual transplantation of a liver that was given to a person. It is the power of the blood of Jesus. It melts every disease. It melts every illness. It cancels every disease. It cancels depression. It cancels schizophrenia. It cancels bipolar disease. It cancels every psychiatric disease. It cancels depression. Oh, by the power of the blood of Jesus. I don't know what troubles you. I don't know what gives you sleepless nights. The diagnosis that doctors have given you. I want you to have faith as you come before the Lord's table. I want you to mount up with faith as you come before the Lord's table. Say, I am not going back with this diagnosis. I am not going back with a breast mass. They have diagnosed you with a lump. They said there's a tumor in your breast. You are not going back with that tumor. They have diagnosed you. They said there is a heart disease. You have a heart disease. And they have given you, I don't know how many days, how many months that they have given you. You are not going back. You are not going back with that same diagnosis. You will go back and say, check me. Doctor, check me. And see. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is the power of the blood of Jesus. It is not me. It is the power of the blood of Jesus and your faith. It is your faith. It is your faith. And he says, your faith has made you whole. You have a bleeding disorder. Menstrual disorder. You have menses in disorders. You have pregnancy disorder. Oh, you menstruate abnormally. You take a seed and you lose it. Oh, yes. Tumor in your uterus. It is melted by the power of the communion. By the power of the blood of Jesus. It is melted. Tumor in your stomach. It is melted. Visions are restored. Your vision is restored by the power of the blood of Jesus. As we come before the Lord's table. Yes. Ovarian cancer. Cervical cancer. They are melted. They are vanishing from your body. He said, this is the temple of the living God. You are the temple of the living God. 
And the temple of God, it harbors no disease. It harbors no illness. It harbors no disease. It harbors no illness. It harbors no disease. In the name of Jesus. I want the ashes to help me organize the people. Everyone, come quickly and let us take a part of the communion. Take one, go to your chair and we will eat it together. Quickly, please. Let's organize them. Let's move them quickly.
Father, we are thankful and grateful for this wonderful invitation. Lord, we are grateful to come before you at your feast to dine with you. Lord, we thank you for what has been prepared for us. Father, as we pray over the bread, it transforms to the body of Christ. As we pray over the wine, it transforms to the blood of Jesus. The Bible says, the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread after he has given thanks. He broke it, gave to the disciples, and said, take it, eat it. This is my body, which was broken up for you. At the same time, after he had supped, he took the cup and gave thanks and said, this is the cup, the cup of the New Testament. This is the blood that was shed for you and for all men. And as often as you drink from this, you do it in remembrance of the Lord's death. Dearly beloved, this is a very important moment. The Lord says, if thou canst believe it, all things are possible. He says, if you can have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to a mountain. I don't know about the mountain that stands before you. People have different mountains that stand before them. But you can speak to that mountain and it shall be removed and cast into the outer oceans. You are holding in your hand the power to move such mountains. It is the body of Christ. I want you to say this with me in faith. The size of a mustard seed. Let it not be any doubt in your heart. Let there be no doubt in your heart. 
but say this with me. I don't know what disease you have. I don't know what diagnosis doctors have given you. You don't need anything else. All you need is the body of Jesus Christ. It is the body that was broken up for you. It is the body that received the stripes. And it says, by his stripes, you are healed. Say with me, the body of Jesus Christ. 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 You may eat. Oh Lord, help our unbelief. Why do we sit under such power? As though there is no power. Heal thou our unbelief. Heal our unbelief. Beloved, lift up your cup. Say with me, the blood of Jesus Christ. 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 You may drink the blood. Oh Lord, 
Lord, for the power of the blood that is vested in us. Father, you say if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. This afternoon, as Moses lifted up the serpents in the wilderness, so we lift up the name of the Son of God. Father, we lift your name up. And we say by the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every disease shall bow. Sicknesses shall bow. Illnesses shall bow. Diagnosis are overturned in the name of Jesus. We will not live here the same, oh Jesus. It is by our faith. It is our faith. It begins us sick. Well, oh Jesus. Let our faith restore us. For our faith is in the blood. Our faith is in the broken body. You say by your stripes we are healed. Oh yes. It is the blood. It is the blood. When we call upon the blood of Jesus, demons vanish. Yeah, every demonic suppression, every demonic oppression, it is subdued by the blood of Jesus. Cancer is subdued by the blood of Jesus. Sickle cell is subdued by the blood of Jesus. Leukemia is subdued by the blood of Jesus. Blood cancers, uterine cancer, cervical cancer, stomach cancer, we subdue it. Brain cancer, we subdue it. In the name of Jesus. It is the power of the blood of Jesus. It is the blood that speaks better things than the blood of evil. Yes. Oh, yes. So with you, all things are made possible. Impossibilities are made possible. Oh, yes. Lives are being established. The joy is restored again. The laughter is put back in your mouth. The joy of the Lord is restored. Sleeplessness. You will have a peaceful sleep. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is by the blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. That's the better thing than the blood of Abel. There is none like the blood of Jesus. I will claim. Father, we thank you for the refreshing. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, O Lord, for healing. We thank you for restoration. We thank you, O Lord, that cancers have been melted in our bodies. We thank you, O Lord, every form of cancer is melted. Cancer of the blood is melted. We thank you, O Lord, that cancer of the stomach is gone. Cancer of the liver is gone. Cancer of the breast is gone. Cancer of the brain is gone. Cancer of the liver is gone. Cancer of the kidney is gone. Bone cancer is gone. In the name of Jesus. Diabetes, we overdue and we subdue it. Hypertension is subdued in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, sickle cell, we subdue it in the name of Jesus. Schizophrenia and depression, we overcome it by the blood of Jesus. It is the power of the blood that is vested in us. And Lord, we lift your name up. We say, at the mention of your name, every knee bows and every disease bows to your name. 
in the name of Jesus. Depression is gone. Depression is gone. Poverty is canceled from your life. The Lord is bringing you to a new place. The Lord is bringing you to a green pasture. He said, am I your shepherd? Will I not bring you to a greener pasture? Will I not bring you to still waters? Yes, you have become a brand new man and a brand new woman. In the name of Jesus. That which was impossible with men, it is possible with God. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. One here this afternoon. Jesus Christ is not your savior. You have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you come to church every Sunday, but you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed, every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us. Even whilst we were still sinners, Lord, you sacrificed. You laid down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us, preserve us, deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from his subtlety. Deliver us from his lies. Deliver us from his deception. Deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ungodly counsel. Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.